morning, everyone. The reading today is from Psalm 56, and it's on page 460 in the Pew Bibles. <laughs> Be merciful to me, my God, for my enemies are in hot pursuit. All day long they press their attack. My adversaries pursue me all day long. In their pride, many are attacking me. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, who, whose word I praise. In God, I trust and am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? All day long, they twist my words. All their schemes are for my ruin. They conspire. They lurk. They watch my steps, hoping to take my life. Because of their wickedness, do not let them escape. In your anger, God, bring the nations down. Record my misery. List my tears on your scroll. Are they not in your record? Then my enemies will turn back when I call for help. But this I will know that God is for me. In God, whose word I praise. In the Lord, whose word I praise. In God, I trust and I am not afraid. What can man do to me? I am under vows to you, my God. I will present my thank offerings to you, for you have delivered me from death and my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. If you have got little kids and you'd like some activity sheets, there's some, Jeffrey's holding them up down there, some activity sheets, and they're just at the bottom of the, of the sound desk. You're welcome to just go and grab some activity sheets for, for the children. So during these summer holidays, um, we are looking each week at a psalm, a psalm that's a deep cry from our heart uh, to the God of heaven. And so this week, we're looking at Psalm 56 that Kathy's read for us. So uh, let me pray as uh, we open it up. Lord, we're opening up this psalm and we're asking that you would open up uh, the windows of our heart uh, that light would stream in, that hope would come, that um, joy would be returned, that courage would come to our lives uh, and Lord strength from you. Lord we need we need you Lord, we need you from heaven to come to the needs, the deepest needs of our heart and so that's what we're asking our Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. This psalm was written by uh, a bloke called King David. It was written a thousand years um, before Jesus lived. And it, 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 it was written in the context of him fleeing from Saul, pursuing him and attacking him with armies. And he where he flees to is he flees to the land of the Philistines and the Philistines are his enemy as well. So he's running from an enemy, he's landed in the midst of an enemy and um, his experience, as we'll see in this psalm, is that he's under great attack. Psalms were written as songs uh, to be sung 
And this psalm is a cry to God from the heart because of great distress and fear. But you know, by the time we get to the end of this psalm, there is this ringing, beautiful confidence in God. And I'd like us to walk the trail together um, as we just look at these words, because all of us encounter times where fear will grip our hearts and we feel like enemies are attacking us. Sometimes we can have just terrible, terrible circumstances in our lives. An obvious example is the bushfires that have come. And I've had phone calls in the middle of the night from people frightened. And um, so have you probably, terrified uh, of, of the fires. But there's other fearful things that can come in our lives. And how can we have deep confidence in God when things, our circumstances here on earth seem so frightening or so bad? Do you know this psalm has really got two sections? One is an expression of fear followed by an expression of trust. And then it follows again the same pattern, a description of the terribleness of the circumstances and an expression of Trust, And it's as though the writer of this psalm, King David, has is, is got these terrible things happening to him and it's really quite frightening and he just says, wait a minute, just wait a minute. I'm a believer in the living God who made all the universe and he is for me. I'm not going to respond in the way I normally would to these circumstances. I'm going to remember I'm going to remember God. This is the way the psalm begins. Verse 1, if you've got it, and it's on page 460, as Kathy mentioned, uh, in the Red Bibles. Uh, and this is how verse um, 1 starts. And it's, he's crying out to God and he says, Be merciful to me, my God, for my enemies are in hot pursuit. All day long they press their attack. My adversaries pursue me all day long and in their pride, many are attacking me. So here he is um, with these enemies against him and they're in hot pursuit. Their intention is his destruction and it's like relentless all day long. It feels like it's never ending and and it's a threat of, of, of just being destroyed and wiped out. And here he is, a cry from his heart saying, be merciful to me, my God. Do you know he's, what he's not doing? He's not getting more weapons. He's not collecting more weapons. Weapons have got their place in, in David's life. Um, he's not finding more. That's not what he's doing. It's not that. What he's doing is he's crying from his heart to God and he's throwing himself into the hands of God in the midst of a terrible, terrible circumstance. He's saying, you are my God. Be merciful to me, my God. You're my God. And I'm asking for mercy, for mercy. I'm looking, God, that you would work, that that out of your riches and by your strength and in your love, that you would show me mercy. Do you know that word mercy? 
What does it mean? Mercy. He's he's saying, Lord, I'm asking from you for something that I didn't even deserve. I haven't worked for it. I haven't done anything. I'm asking for you to give me way beyond what what I would rightly um, have. I want you to know that it's an amazing thing that the God of the Bible is not someone whose joy is to bring justice to your life on the anvil with a hammer, just to bring justice to you. The, the, the God of the Bible is a God who, whose, whose joy it is to flow with mercy, just mercy to anyone who would cry to him. And do you know how, notice how personal this is? My God. I'm crying out to you, my God. The circumstances here on earth are horrible. I'm scared. But I'm crying to the God of heaven, to the one who's got all power. And then he says an expression of trust. Listen to it. Verse 3. When I'm afraid... I put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, and I'm not afraid. What can mere mortals do for me? When I'm afraid, when I'm afraid, have you been afraid this week? Afraid of someone? Afraid of something? afraid of the future, afraid of the past. He says, when I'm afraid, as difficult and as terrifying as life has been, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. This is my response. (laughs) Now, Now, when we're afraid, often our response is to run or to fight or to do something when we're afraid. But, but what this guy is saying is, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you, in whose word I praise. The God in whose word I praise. What does that mean? I put, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you put your trust in God whose word you praise? In other words, his word is what comes out of his mouth. It's in his heart and it's it's an expression of the essence of who he is. And you hear this word and you say, that word, that word, I love the word of God, that promise of God. I, I think of that expression in the Bible that says that we're all perishable. We're we're, we're perishing, but the word of God lasts forever. (laughs) The the word in all its beauty and strength of God. And he says, I praise that word and I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of the circumstances of this world because God's word is stronger. To To praise God's word, and it's a strange thing, I know. It's crazy. To praise God's word is to take refuge in his word. 
to say, Lord, I'm trusting. Despite all the terrors of this world and all the difficulties and hardships, I'm, I'm trusting. I'm praising your word. So that's an expression of fear and of terror and then an expression of trust by King David. But then here's the second cycle, verse 5, talking about his enemies. All day long they twist my words and all their schemes are for my ruin. They conspire, they lurk, they watch my steps, hoping to take my life. Because of their wickedness, do not let them escape. In your anger, God, bring the nations down. Have you ever had, all all day long they twist my words. Have you ever had anyone against you and they twist your words to get something out of your words that was never there? And all day long, they they twist my words for my destruction. They're trying to find something to trip me up and so that I will be destroyed. All their schemes are for my ruin. It feels like their whole purpose in life is for me to be destroyed and ruined. They conspire, they lurk, they watch my steps, they're just watching. (laughs) They they will get me somehow. That's their intention. And when he says here, are you going to let them, he says, because of their wickedness, do not let them escape. It's like the psalmist is saying to God, God, are you going to let them get away with it? They seem to get away with everything. They duck and weave and they know how to avoid the authorities and they, they know how to, they get away with every wicked thing that they do. Are you going to let them too? No, you won't, God. You'll eventually bring them down. And right in the middle of this psalm, there is what is for me this heart-melting expression of God's care for us in our suffering. It says in verse 8, record my misery. (laughs) Wow. Record my misery. Have you ever been in misery? Record my misery. List my tears on your scroll. In a a different version, it says, you collect my tears in a bottle. Are they not on your record? Do you know, do do, do you see what this means? God, God is writing down your tears. He's collecting them. In a bottle. Do you see what that means? That means that our tears are known by God. When you thought you were weeping alone and, and you were just this deep, deep sorrow and, and no one knew and, and you were all alone, this is saying that God is carefully writing down your sorrows, as it were, on a scroll in heaven. He... he He knows your wounds. He knows your pain. When you thought you were all alone and everything was too painful and you couldn't go on, God, the God of heaven, the one who rules in majesty and splendor and created all the universe, he's got his pen out. He's got his bottle out. Why, why, Lord, are you collecting my tears? Why are you writing my sorrows down? It's because I, he says, even when they're gone, I'm, I'm remembering what you went through. I remember 
your pain. I remember that, that, that you were deeply, deeply sorry. I, I, I think of um, a parent. Do you know you can have a bad parent and, um, and, and the child goes through some terrible suffering and they just don't take any notice of them and let them go and sit in the corner and whatever. But then the parent where there's some terrible suffering in this little child's life and they sit them down and they said, what's the matter? What is the matter? I just want to get to the bottom of the pain of your heart. Tell me, tell me. I, I want to hear. I want to know. Because I don't understand. Tell me what's in the pain of your heart. And this is what's happening with God. He's saying, I'm collecting your, I'm writing your pains down. I want to know them. I want to know the sorrows of your heart when you were a little child or at some other time. I'm, I'm remembering. I care for you. You know, it says in Isaiah 53, when it's talking about Jesus, it says, surely he took up our pain. And he bore our suffering. On the cross, a thousand years later after this psalm was written, your pain, your suffering, Jesus is bearing that somehow on the cross. But then for a second time, after talking about his pain, for a second time he talks about his trust in verse 10 it says in God whose word I praise in the Lord whose word I praise in God I trust and I'm not afraid what can man do to me I'm not afraid I'm not afraid do you know that's a miracle oh yes Not to be afraid. When, when every terrifying thing's against you, when, when, the, when, you're in, when people are in hot pursuit to destroy you, when, when the health issues or financial issues or every kind of relationship problem is coming down and you feel like it's going to destroy you and attack you and you've got to run or fight or something. No, no, no. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. In God whose word I praise. I praise the word of God. I, I just think it's like I, I, I delight in the word of God. I delight in the word of God. For me, that's a strange, strange expression because when I think of the ads on TV, the people that have devised the ads on TV, they are very profound psychologists. And I actually mean that. Because do you know what they've done? They know how us human beings work. And they know what will delight us. What will totally capture our hearts. What will really, really so delight our hearts that we will part with money if only we can have that thing that they're presenting to us. They, they know the, the deepest longings of the human heart. And so they present these ads so that we would delight 
in that thing or this thing or the other thing so that we will part and reach deep and yes, I want that and I will spend my money if only I can have that thing. That's what delights the human heart. But, but this psalmist, the thing that absolutely tr- he loves and he delights in is the word of God. Crazy. God whose word I praise. God, that's the place I get my strength. That's the place I get my peace. It's like, uh, uh, you know, you're a little kid and some great terrible thing is happening and you're really frightened and your dad comes and says, I'm here. I'm speaking. You're fine. You're safe. I've got you. And everything changes in your world. Because your dad has just spoken hope and life and peace to you. But this is greater. This is the dad of the universe in all his authority and strength. And you hear him and he speaks and everything is fine. It takes a revolution in a human heart for us not to have the fear grip us anymore but to trust the promise, delight in the word of God. It's it's as though this guy, with all the enemies attacking him and all the difficulties that are facing him, and he's saying, actually, I don't need any more weapons. The only weapons I need are my tears and my prayers. They're stronger than anything else. Just my tears and my prayers. I'm just going to pour them out before the living God. Do you know the Bible says that we've got an enemy as well? Very serious enemy and a very terrible enemy. In 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8 it says, Be alert, <laughs> believers, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. There is an enemy, and he's, he's the enemy, the devil, and he's like a roaring lion, and yes, he is intent on devouring you. He, he, wants, to, he wants to devour your faith. He wants to, take, he wants to so gobble up your faith that it's all gone, and you're just running scared, and you are, are, are just frightened and a blithering mess. And he's the enemy, the devil. And this is saying, be alert. He's he's prowling. He's he's pursuing. And be of sober mind because he wants to gobble up your faith. He wants to deceive you, terrify you and destroy you. In in the very famous passage in Ephesians chapter 6, beautiful really, it says, Be strong, believers in Christ. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes because he's got some schemes against you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to steal, kill and destroy. He wants to obliterate you. But he he says that our struggle as human beings is actually not against flesh and blood. In other words, our main struggle is not against that person that is coming against me to want to kill me. It's not against that person that is annoying me at work or annoying me at school or whatever. That's not our main struggle as believers. 
It's not flesh and blood that is our main struggle. Our main struggle is against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. In other words, there is an unseen world that we cannot see. You see my flesh, I see yours, here we are, but there is an unseen world, a dark and wicked world. And there is a war going on that we can't see with our eyes, that is an enemy against us. The world, the flesh and the devil, often it's summarised as. The world is coming against us in some manner or other, some hardship or difficulty that you face. The flesh within me, that's an enemy of mine. I desire to do bad things in my heart. That's an enemy, sins. And the devil himself, in all his wicked darkness... But this psalmist is saying, look, you've got an enemy, I've got an enemy, but please put your trust in God. Don't be afraid, trust his word. It's stronger, way, way, way stronger than anything in this world. His promises are unbreakable. Turn to him and know his goodness and grace, no matter what faces you and what difficulties face you and hardships are yours. Here is the Lord, the King of glory that is for you. He's loving you. He's pursuing you. Are you lost? Are you lonely? Are you wondering where God is? I'm just saying to you, hear, cry out to him. He loves to answer those that are crying out for his mercy. The way this psalm ends is like this. Verse 12. I am under vows to you, my God. I will present my thank offerings to you. For you have delivered me from death and my feet from stumbling that I might walk before God in the light of life. Number one, something, just a tiny thing about thanks. (laughs) Because he says, I am under vows to you, my God. I will present my thank offerings to you. If you think really, really hard, what could I possibly give to God? What could I give him? What could I give him? I'll tell you the least thing that we could give him. We could give him thanks. We can give him thanks. And it's a a A precious thing to do, to bring a thank offering to God, to thank him. He says, for you have delivered me from death and my feet from stumbling. Look, just before we finish, uh, 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 listen. You have delivered me from death. I know I kind of say this too much, but it's so present in my mind that um, that my body and so is yours is is shutting down. It's aging. My eyes don't see as they used to. My ears don't hear as they used to. And my body is aging. I will not live that long, and neither will you. Death faces us. Death faces us. But listen, listen. 
absolutely incredible. What God does ultimately through the true and better David, when he came, Jesus, and he died on the cross for our sins, perfect, a perfect lamb without spot or blemish, and he died on the cross for our sins, and he rose victorious on the third day. What is he offering? He's offering a defeat of death. So that any one of us, death does not reign over us. It is not the thing that dominates us anymore. We have got life in Christ, eternal life. Absolutely astonishing that God would plan through his own mysterious purposes to send his own son, Jesus, into the world to die a death on the cross and rise in tremendous power. Why? So that if we would put our trust in him, instead of our trust in this thing, in money, or to put our trust in this thing, in power, or put our trust in this thing, in sex, or put our trust in this thing, whatever. No, no, no. Put your trust in the living one, in Christ. And... The scriptures say, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. There is a living Lord reigning in power and he has defeated death. And brothers and sisters, if you are putting your trust in him, you will not die. No, your body is going down like mine is, but you have got everlasting life. And there's hope. There's hope for you. For you have delivered me from death and my feet from stumbling. I'm not going to stumble and make a shipwreck of my faith. I'm not going to stumble because you have done this, Lord, that I might walk before you, before God, in the light of life. And that's the last words. That I might walk before you. So, 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 Lord, you have delivered me from death for one beautiful reason, that I might walk. It's a beautiful thing to walk before you in the light of life. I think it's a contrast between the darkness of the pit of the grave. The darkness of the pit of the grave is there. But, Lord, you have delivered me from, the, from, from death. Why? That I might walk in the light of life. Now, that is magnificent. God has done everything for you. He's he's opening heaven's doors for us and saying, I'm delivering you from death that you might walk in the light of life. That means the very presence of God, that his spirit comes and he gives you joy as you trust his promises and you trust in him, that you can have the light of life. And ultimately, this is for us in heaven. It's not long now. It's not long now. We won't be here in these seats. No, we will not. 50 years time. Ultimately, heaven. Glory. Walking in the light of life. Joy. But that hope is for us to go through this world. We've got enemies in this world. We've got troubles and hardships and pain and difficulties. But we're putting our trust in God because ultimately we can live with joy in this life because of the light of life that he's offering to us. I'm encouraging you um, 
this morning again to put your trust in God. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Don't let fear be the thing that just totally grips your life. Fear needs to be deposed from the throne of your life. And trust in the Lord, the living one, the risen one, the reigning king of glory, namely Jesus. He needs to be the one that rules in peace and in love over you. His strength is for you. His mercy is ready to break out over you for anyone that would trust in him. Let me pray. Lord, please may your word be a promise that we could believe so that fear would not grip our lives but that you would, as a great and magnificent father, um, be our refuge and our hope. Yeah, Lord, we need a revolution in our hearts that we might trust you. Yeah, please, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.